Race, race, race 22. Race 22. Podcast. Welcome to the Race 22 Podcast. Race 22 Podcast. Hosted by Race22.com founder, Mr. Langley Austin. Come here, I'm gonna eat you! I'm bigger than you, I'm higher in the food chain! Get in my belly! Come on! Race22 Podcast is co-hosted by Performance Center Racing Warehouse President, Mr. Roger Johnson. Just keep your foot on the gas and drive right by him on the outside. You told me nobody go to the outside on turn four. You go to the outside, you can hold. Now your host, Mr. Langley Austin. All right, guys, check this out. This is part two of the roundtable discussion on tech and rules. Each of our four panelists spoke about their toughest challenges on the job, ways they tried to improve the process. They also spoke about how the rules from NASCAR used to come out at the big late model stock car shows, such as Martinsville and Myrtle Beach. But in recent years, the rules have not been handed out until close to or after the icebreaker at Myrtle Beach in February. Uh, They also explained why the Cars Tour has stuck with the current NASCAR engine rules, but go into great detail on how to better govern the different engine packages that are currently available now. Instead of continuing to allow upgrades every year to create more and more horsepower, they say maybe it's time to pull back the range just a little bit. Right now, dyno sheet on the ones, the Ford, the Harrington, and the Chevrolet upgrade. They did on top of each other. Please, let's just stop. Let's stop changing parts. This is it. Run this for three or four years. You got the Harrington making 515, Ford making 515, the Chevrolet upgrades making 490. Let's stop it right here and let them race and stop putting them out of business by spending 3000 every year on the engines because one engine's down, we got to do something for this one. Then this one's down, we got to do something. Well, well let me ask you this. Yes. Instead of instead of this one's down, let's do something for this one. Let's bring this one back. Back down. That's back down. Let's bring this I've, one back. I've always you thought know, the same thing. I've said tapered spacer plate for years. Yeah. All you yeah. got to do is go dyno and throw a tapered spacer plate on there, whatever it takes to make Scott it whatever it, it needs to be. At Hickory. Yeah, we done that at Hickory on, on the on the Ford crate, yeah. at, you know, at one time. But I, I, I don't understand that mentality either. It's always if something gets an advantage, you got to take the, the one that's less and and pick it up to the one. And all we're going to do is blow them motors up. Right. That's what so, we've done. So then, then, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. that's, we, we basically outlawed the, the 604 crate engine because the stuff won't stay together right. anymore. Right. That, that's right. it. The bottom end, we made the valve train better through trying to put bigger valve springs on them. Then the bottoms just exploded. Right. So it's just a back and, and forth. Like of, now we needed a valve spring. Now because we, this oh, one's better, right. let's, let's bring it back to where everybody yeah. else is at. You keep with doing the, upgrades to the Ford crate. You, know, you put a camshaft in it. Uh, you put lifters in it to to get it up to speed. Well, all it does is get it to the next level for the next thing to break. Right. For it to blow up. If you pull that, pull the one that has the advantage back to the others, uh, then that advantage that's goes simple away. With a place. I mean, that's that's keep the dumbest way. thing that yeah, I've double. heard and is ever. And what do you? We're getting over 500 horsepower now. When are we going to put brakes on them? Oh, oh, that'd oh be am- that would be amazing. <laughs> Tip that barrel over you. Wow. I mean, why, don't, we why don't we get Moving back, over to, here. Should be. We should don't we get back to 400 horsepower so we don't have to put brakes right, on right. them? Why and don't we could do that with plates. The right. cheapest way to fix it. Sure. I got a question. I got a question for you, Lightning. Um, NASCAR's you know, gone to 500 horsepower from 900. Right, what do you think they're right, doing? Right. You, you talked about the. After Scott talked about the spindle deal and you guys allowing it, um, the engine side of things, why have you guys chose to just ride with NASCAR on that instead of doing your own thing? And I do know from talking to Chris Ragel that you guys were kind of in the process of going with the plate, but why have you guys rode with them instead of doing your own thing? Well, the Cars Tour has got a good group of cars. Right. But when we roll into a track, we – try it and the spindle deal it's off the page engine wise we got to try to ride the same because we depend on picking up five six seven competitors at the track and we right. do at most tracks we go to right 
So if you go in and you completely different, because we had no intentions of putting the cam in the fold. Mm-hmm. And we asked certain people to work with us and let's come up with a plan to slow the Harrington down. Right. Leave the spec where it was at. And a taper plate would have been the simplest way to handle this and the cheapest way. The cheapest way. Right. And but now you've got the you know, we throw that. a three thousand dollar cam. You've got to like that. Right. Right. Yeah. And the problem for y'all is cam. If, even if, if they, they don't have the new rods, then you're looking at five thousand dollars because right. they got to upgrade the rods. And, too. and as soon as soon as they give the green light for Ford to do that, it's like wham. Now now you have to follow it because Everybody all was the Ford for the now is going to have it. The couldn't get them. Were, so, were that's where the that's the biggest reason when that come up it should have put their foot down and said no we're not who should have put their foot it. down well <laughs> there you go we, we've, we've established that yeah, yeah. I, I just <laughs> wanted to be clear yeah like you're right. uh, who should have yeah. put the, no nobody you saw it ray right. charles saw it <laughs> but he couldn't do nothing about it because he wasn't here yeah. N- not to bounce back to the spindle thing <laughs> i don't want to spend all night on the spindles but i do want to ask you one question that i meant to ask you a minute ago uh, and that is if NASCAR comes out tomorrow and says that both of those spindles, the the two types that you mentioned earlier, the three-piece and the one-piece, are illegal, what is cars going to do? We're riding like we are. We're not making no more changes <clears throat> until June. Could move. Our rules Could are move. set, and we go to well June done. before we need to address anything. We address it at that time. Gotcha. But see, <laughs> we've already run a – NASCAR's already run a race at Myrtle Beach. Right. And then we get another set of rules after Myrtle Beach. Yeah. So – that's we may, we may still yet get another one. Oh, I right. think we'll get a couple more. And I understand. It depends they, how many people view this show. Yeah. We might get a ton more. Who knows? <laughs> but you can't keep changing rules. That's why we – one thing, all rules need to be out at, by December. That's NASCAR, the car store. I dropped the ball in the car store this year because we was trying to see what everybody else was doing. Years ago. They were out in December. You need years them out in December. Ago. Yeah. But that now they're earlier than that now with as early as Myrtle Beach runs. Well, now they're, early, yeah. now and, they're and I think it's gotten so much worse, meaning from – I you can write it on my calendar. My my professional teams will all have their cars in here November 1st. They'll be lined up outside the door because they have one or two races left, and they – are already thinking ahead about having their new car ordered. Usually it's right before Myrtle Beach that it, the the 400 that it, my shop will be like overwhelmed with cars that they know they're done racing, but they would like to start getting worked on and they would like to. So I almost think it's before that, if, if possible. I'm, I'm not telling you what to do. I think I'm, I'm appreciative for what you're doing. I just, it's impressive the amount of people because they almost all have full-time guys now that race your your deal. And when we used to race, Scott and I was crew chief and call along and we was doing stuff like that. We went to Myrtle Beach and that was actually their meeting. Mm-hmm. That's where they had their meeting for the rules. Mm-hmm. Either there or Martinsville. I remember Martinsville, you you always wanted to go to Martinsville because they announced the rules, yeah. the rules for the following year. I remember that. And so, uh, you know, we did it a couple times at Myrtle Beach at the 400. Everybody yeah. kind of gathered in that tech shed, and we kind of talked about what different things we were going to do or whatever. Yeah, I've been in that shed too. That was never good in that <laughs> shed. <laughs> the good thing about the one at Myrtle Beach is it's air conditioned. Yeah, I don't care who we put in there. We was going under the car for a while. That's for sure. And we're closing the doors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right. Well, uh, you know, back back to the engines. You know, like I said, I didn't want to derail us there with spindle talk continuously. But uh, back to the engines. I mean, you guys, you, you obviously think that we're on the right track. We got, you know, they're fairly even. We'll stop it. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. We're the rest of you guys pretty much agree yeah, on that. I, it's I got agree. I just think. Go ahead, right. Kenny. It's got to stop. You can't. I mean, you you just can't continue to go and go and go. You're going to have to change the cars. You you can't continue yeah. to keep putting horsepower in them motors. You're going to have to complete but I think I think you'll see continued horsepower. I mean, the, the engine builders are going right. to continue. So you, even though it's set now, you know, come June, you'll probably have to make make some adjustments. Because yeah, otherwise he wouldn't have a job. Uh, that, right. that's, that's, that's the deal, right? Yeah, everybody's, right. Supposed, everybody's supposed to fight so that he has something to try <laughs> to figure out what to, what to restrict. Is that not how yeah. it works? But, but I think the stop. best way to go is back them up 
Yeah. Don't yes. let everybody come forward. Yes. Right now, they need to start heading back down. Yeah. So Lightning is saying this is where we draw the line in the sand. I, I like that. So. I, I think that's a good point. I mean, this yeah. is where we draw the line in the sand, that this is what we're going to do. I, 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 You know what? I will applaud you and the car store just for even being able to say that. Does that well, make I sense? Might I might mean, fired tomorrow. So. No, you're not going to get fired. If you get fired tomorrow, come <laughs> up. I'm looking to hire a couple more people. If you get fired tomorrow, come on up. I, I just don't I, – I think it's intriguing that – I appreciate you saying it. It means a lot to, I think, a lot of people that are questioning what to do or and sometimes no information is terrible information. So at least, you know, you coming out and saying, hey, we've done this research. We know what these things are. We have the data that shows what it are. We've done our homework. Let's just race now is empowering. I think that's why you're winning right now. I really do. I mean, I think it's things like that that show why the car store is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean – if you do the homework, you win. <laughs> you, you guys mentioned brakes, or you mentioned brakes earlier, Kenny. Uh, is that the only thing that you guys see that's kind of on the horizon of things that are either going to have to change or things that are racers are looking for? I don't know that it has to change, if they just, but if they keep putting horsepower in the engines, they're going to have to stop them, right. you know? I don't know it for a fact, but at Martinsville this past year, I was told we hit brake pads at that. It was $400. You did. You did. And, I yeah. will come completely on here and say, yes, you did. That's getting ridiculous. Right. And, and these guys are putting rotors. Your top team's putting rotors on every race, brake pads on every race. Your low-budget team's are going two races and putting rotors on. That's a cost that just keeps building right. and building. But do you think you can stop that? I think with a... Uh, I think you'll have four hundred dollar brake pads if you've got six piston calipers. Yeah, on. Yeah, but well, I had twelve hundred. Here's the one thing that you four group of guys know better than anybody else, and I'm going to talk from the racer's side of it. If you only give me a sixty nine dollar part, I'm going to figure out how to build a four hundred dollar mount mm-hmm. so that sixty dollar part doesn't move. Yeah, I agree. That's it. That's the way racing works. You give me a GM bootleg caliper. I'm going to figure out how to attach that GM bootleg caliper to do exactly what I want it to do, and that's why I win. I think truly to 90% of the people, that's why the Bill of Spindle wins. They see in their mind, anybody that's in the, definitely the four group of you has taken off a GM3 caliper <laughs> and seen the wear of a GM3 caliper, and then they take it off a Billet Spindle or one of these new, either one. Have you seen the pads look amazing? Straight. Right, no, amazing. Right. So I, I just don't understand why if we can't – we can. I, I think we can go back from that billet spindle and reinforce the brake mounts and get that same wear. But if brakes are an issue, now we're going to spend 500 on some cheap part that they allow us. You, you understand what I mean? Racers are going to forever throw good money after bad. That's just the way we do it. You give us the rules, we figure out a way to brace that, make the $20 part a $400 part. I used to spend a week or so fixing brackets for sure. the brakes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just I, I don't I don't think a racer is going to stop. I think the racer is going to continue to go on and strive and eat themselves because they want to spend more. Because we're looking for the next great trick and we're looking for how we can make this better. I think if you made a bootleg mount on that billet spindle, three people would buy them. Because I'm going to tell you that I I would challenge this group that five people know where it actually moves. Does the spindle move? How much deflection is in it? People don't have any idea. They just buy. We just, we need these. We see them over here. Everybody that's bought them, I've asked them, so you're having a big problem with spindle pin deflection? Well, we don't know. All right, wait a minute. (laughs) So you just went and spent two grand. I just want to be clear about this, right? Because I'm an idiot. You just spent two grand and you don't know why? Oh, no, they, they, these guys got them. Okay, great. Yeah, I mean, g- tell me why, and I'll gladly tell you you should fix that or you should – but they don't know. So I think some of what we have to realize is that racers in today's time, different than before, are looking for avenues to buy speed. I think in the old days, Bushy and I talked about this earlier, everybody's sitting here, you looked at ways to build speed. Mm-hmm. You looked, everybody sitting here looked at a way that they could fire up a welder or use a cutoff wheel 
or hang a body different. You looked at ways to build speed. Nobody wants to build speed anymore, except for Nelson and a few other people. And you know what? They win. Oh, they win because they build speed yeah, every how, week. How do now, we penalize now, like, them for You can't penalize them. Right. How do you penalize them? You I mean, can't. They're not even in my cards. I'd yeah, love to. Yeah, right. I, I would mean, love to go off. But how do you penalize a guy that's doing his own due diligence and winning? You're an idiot. Yeah. I mean, like, like the spindle with Marcus. I mean, it, when you started challenging him on what you were going to do with the spindle, that just – that just was like throwing a switch in the race car and firing it up. His brain went to working again sure. to try to beat you out of what what you're going to try to trying to penalize. You know the spindle that they designed, and you know. And he will. That's right. yes. that's what they do. And he they got will. the resources he, and the technology to do but it. But it, it's not will. even that. I, honestly, I don't think it's even about the resources. I think if you make somebody mad enough, there isn't a single person listening to this deal or a single person sitting in here that you can't make mad enough that they'll do whatever to beat you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I would. Like, it's a war. It's hard for me to sit in here with you guys for the simple fact of, I'm telling you, it's a war. I'm there for one reason and one reason only, and it's to beat you yeah. as a tech guy or as a whatever, right? I mean, right. you know, and you've as, seen as, it. As me a, and you went at it to death. Right, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that, I'll tell a little story. Uh, me, and, me and Roger <laughs> had, a, had a round at the racetrack uh, last year, and, you know, when it's Two all said ago. and done, it, it's, my, it's my fault. Uh, it's, it comes back to – you know, a guy calls you on the phone, and you and you and you try to listen. You, I tend to be black and white on the rules. You know, you try to treat everybody fair, but you got a guy that calls and once in a while and says, "Hey, I got this," and it just so happened is uh, he had the wrong sway bar. Honestly, I didn't know the guy. I didn't know the guy from Adam. You know, I did. And just for anybody did. listening, yeah. I yeah. knew yeah. all. Roger, of them. Roger knew him. Trust me, he he knew him well. <laughs> so the guy shows up to racetrack and come to find out, it's you know he's. He's pretty stout. Right. So, you know, at that point, you know, I, I've, I've told him, so listen, I'll work with you on the car, this, that, and the other. So uh, that's the kind of stuff we get into. You want to be black and white, and you want to follow the rule book, but then you try to help a, help somebody out that you really think's coming there. It's first time to the racetrack, this, that, and the other. So uh, it turns you into sometimes not being able to be lenient I agree. to a right. guy. Because, I agree. Because I got bit right there. I didn't know the guy on the phone, and 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 the reality is, you shouldn't. It shouldn't matter. And I because the rules, I, the rules. Listen, rule. I'm a prick. I, I I knew what it all was. Right. I had it all set up. He was beat before I walked in the tech room. I had two sway bars. I had it all laid out. <laughs> like he didn't have a chance. <laughs> right. Right. And, but I'm that guy because I think if I yeah. people will get pissed at me because I don't talk to very many people at the racetrack. I. I like to roam around and do my own thing. And the reason is because I like to look at what everybody's doing. And I see this particular day, I saw a guy that wasn't in my race car with a sway bar that was wrong. You lose. I'm there with one of my cards. The other car is faster. Me and you are fixing a fight or I'm putting that sway bar in. If the guy was parked on the back corner back there and, and, a, and a, you know 15th place car, you know, he'd have come up and thanked me. Thanks for thanks for letting us run tonight. You know, <laughs> sure. just any other. Right, but he wins you know. a race, and then it makes you look. But bad. he wins a race, and it's like, holy smokes! Here, you know, you try to work with somebody, and you just get bit. So, uh, if you'd have followed but, the car store rules, they'd have been legal. That's right. <laughs> 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 wow, I like it. That's I think good. that's the best thing that's come out of this show. But uh, I, I'll tell you one other thing. You saw about being competitor, like when, whenever I was growing up and and racing all the time. I was like you. I, I look back on it, and I made a lot of good f- friends later on. Yes. But during the time I was racing, no, I, I, I didn't have a whole lot of friends. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't associate with them. They were some that helped me out get started. 100%. Max Presswood right. and, and a lot of folks that helped you get started. And uh, But we started going head to head. He pitted on one end of pit road, and I pitted on the other. But I never really associated with competitors. I don't. Back then, I don't know how it is today. I guess kids play play video games together and have a big old high time. <laughs> but back then, if you if you were buddies with somebody, you end up racing them different. Right. I mean, you, you right. just so I honestly didn't want to be buddies with any right. with them right. because I didn't want to have that restriction. Yeah. On me. That's why but, I appreciate uh, the Greg Marlowe, Dexter Knipe deal, right? Them two hate each other. Yeah. Dexter bangs him and spins him out to win Martinsville <laughs> or something, right. right? And them two 
kind of hated each other now like when greg came to work here they would go golfing i'm like what in the hell you just would like <laughs> yeah, to yeah. Greg, what would just happen but they get greg done racing right they're all buddies and me and greg got, i guess respected one another but we really weren't buddies me and setcher dennis Setcher. sure you know you we were there did, to win we were there to win and we were not we just did not associate with each other today me and him sit here and talk all 100 percent. and uh, so it's uh it's I, I i can relate to what you're talking about Speaking of Greg Marlowe, he's uh, been chiming in a couple of different times here on the, on the live chat. He said that uh, brakes today are six hundred dollars per axle. Um, not sure, you know, what else to go with that information. But he wants to know what's the black and white on the spindle, you know, rule. Obviously, we know the cars, you know, whatever it goes, you know, you bring whatever. Uh, but as far as you know. Say Southern National, like you know, if for the Thanksgiving Classic, what what's the black and white on the spindle rule? I still got to work on it. I mean, it ain't, it ain't cut and dried. I got a few more. I got about a month before we start racing, and I got to figure it out. Do I follow NASCAR rule book? Does that really apply for your regular races, though, and limited? It's going to have to if I got late model stocks coming in. You know, I, the, our rules are geared to get late model stocks. You know, we'll see Terry Deese, and I mean, they and he'll run cars tour some, and he'll come race with us some. But does he have to have two different race cars? Yeah, but yeah. if you've got a strong limited program, do you think it'll bleed over? I think it will. 100%. 100%. So, I mean, i got to stay on top of it. You know, spindle, 100%. spindle problem for for late model stock guys, you know, it's going to be spindle deal for the limited, just like the engines. You cannot – it's hard. You can do a one-off race without the Harrington and the Ford and stuff right. in there, but you cannot run a weekly program. To me, in our area, you know, it's different in some other places. Right. We don't – without the limited – base where you're going to have enough limiteds to make a race in a racetrack like southern national it's not like some others five cars ain't gonna put on a show you got uh, it nah. and you know that yourself there ain't a yeah. racetrack in america i don't think that five well, cars oh, yes, there anymore. yeah yes, there's there. a couple Figure eight of racing yeah there's, there's there's actually several racetracks orange county nah, you don't need more than five cars there i'm telling you you get two of them it's good that'll be a great race last year uh one of the best races i've seen all year was seven cars uh carson quapple and uh chris denny battled for the win at orange county exceptional race but at southern national that is not going to work for yeah, sure so I, you know i got to go into it with you know i got to work whatever angle is working yeah. with nascar because we are nascar wait a minute you're telling me you pay 40 dollars or 30 bucks to go watch one of these races and five cars roll out on a racetrack and you feel fulfilled Dude, at Orange County, absolutely. I, I don't pay to get in, but, you know, that's beside the point. Um, so maybe maybe that makes me, you know, a little bit more I'm lenient. I'm just saying, like say the normal good, customer that goes on a Saturday night to watch a race, the I'm, normal fan in the stands, I'm pretty for sure he wants to see I'm, 30 I'm, of these things tearing each other up. I, I figure there were six or 800 people at that race. It was the season opener, and uh, I'd say they were pretty pleased. I mean, you get a side-by-side finish at the line, uh, guy, you know, running the field down. I mean, it was pretty good. Really, really good. Uh, back to Greg Marlowe. He's uh, chiming in again. He said, uh, who determines if it's forged and or cast and then CNC? For Greg, Greg and Roger's off the same page. Here. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Right. I <laughs> love it. Greg. That's uh, it. We sent a message to NASCAR. <laughs> they are supposed to be getting back with us. On yeah, that. that's what's going to be intriguing. <laughs> right? Like, wow. See, you got to know at home he's exploding behind the computer yeah. right oh, now. I, like, I love him. I'll, he'll come in here tomorrow. I get to hear all about it. It's a good, Right now, I want to have him on this show. I do have a question about the uh, spindles. Now, we had uh, Thomas Scott last week talking about building his own spindles. Right. Now, where does that fall in line? Because you said the cheaper set are not legal. Now, this no, set legal. is. or, or however building can, a cast spindle. When, yeah, how does, where does he fall in for building his own in his shop? That's that's within the NASCAR rule. Right. One of you guys take it, but explain to us what the difference between um, the spindles that They've always run, and what we have now. You go ahead. I yeah. mean, I, I can tell you. Bush will I can, go with the team. I can Kobe, tell you ahead. what they what they run in the past, but uh, that's I, what it, it is. Now. Lightning's more up to date on the uh, on the new stuff. All right, Lightning, you're up, ahead, buddy. Lightning. I'm the telling one, you, car the one they built now, right here. the one like Thomas is talking about, it's actually hand built with flat metal, and it's built in a jig to hold everything in place and. His is actually the same type that um, 51 had. It, yeah, uh, Matt McCall. Matt McCall had. Yeah. Um, yes, they are legal. 
The problem we build is them out of like eight pieces. Right. The, pro- the problem is your two other pieces is they're right there together, but the higher price one is legal because it's three piece, and the single one is not. The whole one piece deal is not, and it's actually a couple hundred bucks cheaper on the spindle. Now the one like Thomas is doing, it's like five hundred dollars cheaper. So. It, oh, it's uh, way cheaper. Right. I mean, I just sell them for three hundred bucks. So, yeah. so the high dollar one are CNC machine. It's CNC yeah. out of one piece. Yeah, yeah. Out of one piece, where I mean, the where the older style spindles are built by flat pieces of metal, and and you, and and he's building his own spindle, so he can change the spindle height, the pin position. Now, is the uh, the metal material is that a question as well? On what they're using? They're, they're two different materials. I mean, one is like laser cut steel or material that you would use you still buy the slugs the bosses at the top most of it, all the pieces come from a machine shop but the pieces that he's the lighting is speaking about are machined out of one piece of billet or there that's why greg marlow's chiming in wanting to know about forging and casting well he's also asking right. uh the spindle rule said manufactured i'm not Exactly. I, I'd have to read the rule again. I can't remember. But I, I know I, I kind of know what he's asking. I mean, it, it's the way that the, the rule is written. Um, it really, you know, <clears throat> it's kind of confusing. Yeah, we, we need to get my buddy Jeff Day out here one time. Yes. And, and if you want to see a 1902 spindle on display, Performance Center's got one right outside the front door. <laughs> door stop. Yeah, we've, that's a great doorstop. That thing's been here for 25 years. It, it was here when Tom it, was it here. It came I know with that. the building. Yeah, for sure. I right. got it and a couple of guys came with the building when I bought it. Uh, somebody chiming in here wanting to know when the start of Greenville picking season is. Obviously, that's uh, March 2nd, uh, 10,000 win, limited race. Um, but uh, – I don't want to keep going down the spindle uh, road here, so let's uh, jump over on on something else. What what can we do to, uh, you know, obviously if the engines are in line, you know, now we we feel like, you know, obviously I know you guys mentioned brakes, but is there anything else that you guys see rolling through the tech shed that you go, man, this is going to be a problem soon? Well, it's an issue right now in super late models, the Gen 6 body. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how long it'll be before that becomes an issue in late model. I am told it will be manufactured for uh, late model stocks sometime later this year. So, and is it the same situation as the super late model is five star, the only one that that offers the body? And so I got a I got a good question for y'all. What's the first track that's going to uh, approve that? Southern National. Uh, I can't. I am going to plead. <laughs> it'll be the first track that the first car's got one shows up. <laughs> that's exactly that's what right. it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. I think well, they won't approve it, but South Carolina always seems to let all those bodies right. run first. Somebody told and me that uh, somebody has through. one for to run limited. Has one of the super bodies to run limited with at Greenville. So we'll see if that's true. Yeah, you always <laughs> see them. Uh, even when AR did that deal where they did it different when they come out with the Mustang nose. There was more of the. Yeah. The South Carolina tracks all adopted it and allowed it. We sold tons of them down there, but you never really, you know, Ed Cox kind of had one with his little limited late model series. But other than that, nobody, they started down there. Right. UAR, he approved it, I remember. Yeah, but nobody ran it. Yeah, just a couple guys. Right. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Nothing else you guys see? I I can can see something that come up, and I, like I say, out of the tech shed last year, so, Mm -hmm. but something that was. That I seen coming down the pipe was, uh, and I don't. Roger might be able to expand on what's going on on this now, but it, it wasn't his cars. But I seen some cars at the time start pulling the door bars in. Yeah. So which ones? The, the door, the door bar, the the right and left side. Well, I think it's both sides. The door. It started with the right, I believe. Correct. The rule just says it has to be concaved. R- right. So I at leave one my time they out. at one time they were out on both sides. Mm-hmm. And now the door bars have come in. So, so as time goes, they go in. They they work them in a half inch, then they work them in an inch, and then right. they just keep going until they figure out. Turn around and look yep. at that car right there. What's the right side door bar? There's the top ones in there. This is yeah, not good for show straight. and tell on the uh, radio. Right. Here, but. It's just completely. Almost everybody's doing it that way now. Right. Um, it, the rule says that it just has to be concaved. Yes. Um, so we've put some bend in them to make them concaved. Um, the the one thing that I find interesting about that is that 
doesn't seem to affect safety for the simple fact of it's on the right side. Now, we didn't compromise the left side because I think that the drivers, the cars are getting smaller and smaller and smaller, and the drivers are getting bigger and bigger and bigger beside the little kids, right? Mm -hmm. So the interesting part is we had to leave most cars. I think the left sides are all in maximum of out. But if they would have had that rule more clearly defined, and the problem is now the rule isn't clearly defined, so now I got 200 of them things out there, so what's going to happen now? Exactly. So now, now the racetracks are put in the spot when they do come out. If they do come out and correct that rule, and you got all these cars out here, the racetracks want to turn those cars away. For sure. You know, it's right. not going to happen. But I can, you know, I can say that was something that I seen transpiring. You know, it's something that I worry about. To be really honest with you, I uh, I really worry that we're going to get our customers channeled down a hole. This is why I could never be an engine builder. I worry that we're going to get them channeled down a hole that we can't get them back out of. Most of the time, if you buy a car from me, I can tell you that for the next five years, you'll exponentially be able to race it pretty much everywhere. We can put a couple different parts on it here, a couple different parts on it here, but it's not completely throwaway. Where the engine deal has become, and that's why, Lightning, you've made me so happy for you to be here. The, the engine rule has kind of become, hey, we keep this for like a year and a half. And then we either put it back there and wait for it to cycle back through because it will come back through in about five or seven years. It's going to be legal again. You're all laughing. It's fine. I I don't mean it. Is that not what happens? Yes. But Mm -hmm. the chassis deal, I super worry that once those things start happening where we get boxed in, then we lose. Then we lose because now we have a safety problem. Now we have all these problems that that could truly hurt us in the end. And and that's what I say. I just see that. Starting to close in. Yeah. Well, it's it's door bars tomorrow, and, and it's, you know I, some well, of it today. The height of the door be. bars have yep. even changed. What's it going to when be? When we walked in here, my son, you seen our stuff's old. Sure, it's nothing up brand sure. new up to date. He's seen one of your cars over there with the you know just a chassis. He said, Dad, I really like how the door bars come up on the side over here on the driver's side a lot higher than some of the stuff that he's that he's seen before. That's I LaJoy. Said, That's safety. I said, LaJoy's That's, been beating me for years yeah. and years and years. Randy LaJoy and I are really good friends, and he busts my chops on a consistent basis because I think about safety, but Randy thinks about safety. Like, I think about metal crushing, and he thinks about headrests and ways we should put things in there, and he's he's been real influential to me about different things he's told me, and really, Greg helped me a ton try to sturdy everything up back when we – kind of went to this style deal to make sure that we were going to have the safety i just i don't know how we're going to stop racers from hurting themselves because i am as big of a victim to my own circumstance as everybody else right i want to try to do things differently i'm always looking for that something better that we should do racers are never going to be complacent at least not good ones right, That's right. so i think we have to take the rules as an outline defined area. And I, I wish I would like to start some kind of a deal where we could get some of you guys that were used to dealing in rules that were so much broader because the rules in which you folks had were not, everybody thinks these rules aren't clearly defined. The rules you guys had were not clearly defined way less clearly defined than this was. It didn't say, can't be cold rolled steel. Has to be this. They didn't say. Light, light, lightning's right. laughing. You know, I wish you could see one too. Because it didn't say that, and people want more definition now and need to understand that that was some of what made the evolution of the sport great. Was that there wasn't such clear definition, and it gave you guys things to look at and be like, "Wow, that was good," or "No, that wasn't." Take that and get that out of here. We can't. We can't do that again. And we all kind of work together, but it doesn't seem like that's the way now. Well, and, and that's and, what I want to get back and to. And innovation is what built the sport from from the from the early days. There was, uh, you know, guys in the shop smarter than the next sure, guy working on their stuff. Working on their stuff. It still happens today, but I think it was big steps years ago. Now, now you're looking for smaller gangs. Yeah, but from uh, what I get, there years ago nobody wanted anybody to know anything, no, which was you cool, didn't share right? It. Like if you yeah. worked at Kales, you were on Kales deal. That's if you worked. Right. Somewhere else, you were on that deal. There, there wasn't 
this big organization of sharing. So do you think the big organization of sharing has caused things to spread so much quicker, which causes these epidemics where mm-hmm. you have a spindle problem? Because in the old days, if we didn't have Facebook and we didn't have X, Y, and Z, you had everybody, to stumble well, across. It, right, every, it, you had to, right. And if Langley and I talked about this off air, I think C.E. Falk is legitimately in charge of causing this whole spindle debacle. <laughs> I really do. Wow. <laughs> no, I don't mean that bad. They existed and they were fine, right? And now all of a sudden, CE's got them, and they get a picture shown of them. Well, no, it wasn't his. I guess he took a picture from what I okay. the story up. And though. then it explodes the exuberant potential, and now everybody's hearing rumblings of all this. So you guys just weren't used to dealing with that, somebody putting it on social and it going nuts so that 12,000 people saw it. Which is in in itself a good thing. I'm not saying it bad, but how do we address it now that there is all that exposure? Because one thing that you put out on a post or NASCAR puts out on a post or Cars Tour can go completely off the radar in an hour and a half. Yep. So because of that happening, how do you think we best service the racer themselves? Through using the same platforms they use? Through... Yes. I mean, well, yeah, uh, you have to, I think. Yes. I mean, I mean that's the world we live in today. So, where yeah, the world we lived in before, it goes right back to what you said earlier. You built speed. Nowadays, you buy speed. They, I, I back just, then, the groups the groups kept stuff secret. They blacked the windows in, wouldn't let nobody in the front door. Right. And right. now, nowadays, they don't do that. They call Roger. But is it because they're the looking call. to monetize yeah. it? Like the people that built it, they didn't offer to sell a bunch of those spindles. Early on, they they Nelson them they or Richmond they kept it all pretty pretty under wraps. They weren't wanting to give it all away when they had it. So how do you? I think the evolution is just so much quicker for you as tech guys because it, you don't get the four, five, six races to yeah. see what people got because everybody almost knows what everybody's got. So it happens instantaneously. Yeah, no, right. you got to be on it, and you got to. And when it does happen, you got to react to it and, and, you know, make a change if it's needed or, you know, at least address it. Don't let it go six months, and then we're, you know, it's so far out of control by then. But that's why we're proving why the Cars Tour is getting the results oh, that yeah. they do. Because oh, I they, agree. It, and you I were a part guy. of it, right? I'm not yeah. saying it because you're not. You no. were, like, pointing over. No, yeah. you were a part of it because you made changes that needed yeah. to happen and didn't have to go through 12 steps yeah. of NASCAR right. bureaucracy to make that happen. Yeah. You've got to be able to say no. Yes. That's it. That's yeah, that's it. I don't like that. Take it off. Right. No. Right. Well, it's not in a rule book. I don't care. Right. Take right. it off. Yeah. Right. And then you've got time to deal with it. Yeah, I got a couple of those NASCAR detrimental to was detrimental the facts that AJ Foyt's place. Actions detrimental to NASCAR <laughs> racing. There was no description of what I really did, but the facts still came with the fine. Right. I mean and, and officials doesn't do that now. They don't take charge. I agree. I agree completely. I hear stories all the time. So a lot of times people say, "Well, man, y'all publish everything on Race 22." Man, anything that happens, anybody says anything. No, nah, man, we don't publish a tenth or less of what people actually tell us. You know, and I'm sure they're true stories. I'm, I'm sure. But uh, Darren Hackett uh, chimed in here. He said that the problem is when Winston left. Assume he's talking about NASCAR, obviously, there, uh, with the money that was keeping everyone on the same page. Then NASCAR and tracks started looking for money other places, which led to rules, parts, being approved for sponsors, and no one is allowed no one is allowed to go around and keep changes from occurring and keeping everyone on the same page. Well, then they need to get out of the business is the only thing I can tell them. Get out of the short track business. Well, you but know, if you're not going to govern it like it, like but it that, was, I don't get rid think it's. I, I don't think that's what he's saying. He's no, no, saying kind of everybody kind of went in that mode. Yeah, that's what I mean. But if NASCAR is saying the sponsorship and the, the money from that right. is what what kept it moving, and we're not moving in that same direction anymore because of the no. You know. But what he's trying to say, and I work for him, so I'm going to take up for him here. <laughs> um, Weston would come to your racetrack and tell you what you could do. They would tell you what color to paint the walls. Right. They, they gave would, you the paint. They gave you yep. the paint. They'd send a man, Jeff, daddy, send him to your track to paint it for you. But they kept the racetracks all together. The, the sponsors 
went around and made sure the racetrack stayed on the same page. We don't have that anymore. Yeah, right. Same it's thing we've been talking about pretty much. Somehow. That's why we're all going to go to Cars Tour Rules. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, it's a fix. <clears throat> um, I mean, it really is. It's uh, a fix for the short track. I, I I like it as an exceptional late mile stock car thing. I I really. I mean, it, it's a fix for our you know thirteen to twenty tracks, depending on who's operating at the time. You know what I mean? I mean, it's it's a fix. We're we're all that's the group of cars. I mean, everybody tries to make super late models work. I mean, Pass has done yeah, it. Somebody called you today, Roger, and said, "I'm going to run Hickory every week. I need you to build me a car by the NASCAR rules." And then, and then he also said, "Oh, by the way, I'm gonna run cars races too. Build me a car for a cars race." Is it's there a tough. difference in cost? No. I, I I think they're yes and no. I think that the sad part is now, like anything else, budget determines this sport. Meaning, and I feel so guilty asking it, but when people call me and want to buy a new car they get mad at me thinking I'm trying to store all their money and I'm really not. What I want to know is how fast do you want to go with how much you have? Mm-hmm. Because we could legitimately build a car for probably thirty five, forty thousand that you could brand new run at Hickory. But my car store cars are forty nine just from the extra stuff that they put on them. You know what I mean? They want rem polished everything. They want you understand what I mean? They want all ground tube. They want those, most of those guys, they want quality over quantity because they're racing as a profession. The guy that comes in at five o'clock after working his job, that's acceptable to him to have a non ground car, to have old set of non moog racing ball joints in it, right? Those are those things are acceptable to him. The interesting part is it's about people's perception. People perceive that the cars tour has to have the baddest stuff of the bad, where people at Hickory think that I can just go run. But what they don't understand is if they want to win and they gotta race against two people that compete at the level at the cars tour competes, you best start working. Right. You and best I guess start that working. Was my, my point when we, you know, because one of the things you hear is you know, it's too expensive to run a cars tour deal. Tour, you know, the tires sure. and this and the other. Sure. And they say you almost have to have a different car. And and in a way, I, I can see that you know, just like the spindles, I, unless I, you want to. Yeah, but I don't. It. I don't. I think but, it's bolt on parts, right? Let's let's be yeah. completely realistic about this. It's not like, right? It's not like you can move the clip of six inches to the left in one. And let, let's let's be realistic. It's no different than a kids that race go karts. If you they put different motors on different cars. You know, I used to watch an old-timer that he raced, and he put three different – he only had one car, so he'd race three different motors on the same car in three different classes. They'd split him up. And, and I don't think the car is monstrously different. I think the car's tour to compete, a guy has to bring his A game because he's held to that accountability because the other people in the car's tour bring their A game, so therefore it ups it. And I guess that's what I'm getting at, and it's kind of the point I was getting across, is a lot of people feel like they uh, they need to go by NASCAR rules because it's less expensive. But what what you're just saying, it's where you want to run. You want to run up yeah, front or you run a fifth. So with that said, if there's no different really cost savings, then why not follow the cars rules? Right. If, if there was a huge safety... Right issue or a cost issue right then i would say lean back toward the nascar side uh but lightning do you think there's a performance event i hate to go to the spindle deal because i've so had enough of it but <laughs> i, I want to make one thing that i'm having a real hard time with beside the break beside the the and, and break we've right. tested this beside the the break deal nope and where do you think there is a lick loaded difference nope. between the deflection in the two spindles? I don't. I don't either. But I mean, we're not racing in Atlanta, right? right? We, we don't have a cup car with thirty-seven hundred pounds of load on the right front. I mean, do do you? I I don't. I think that's the biggest misnomer. To be one hundred percent honest with you, I think people don't know, so they think they gotta have it. I think people don't know what it does or how it affects, and you've done the research and put the time in. 
Do you really believe, from a tech man standpoint, that at your normal racetrack beside Martinsville, I'm going to say beside because Martinsville's heavy braking, right? So I think it falls into that criteria, but it could be an advantage there. If we were able to shore up the brake bracket in some way that there would be any kind of advantage to the racer, this is you as a tech guy that's done, have all the analytics behind it. If you was able to stout the brake bracket up, would be the best thing could happen at Martinsville. I agree. Um, back to what Scott said, Pulliam won at Myrtle Beach this year with a car that was really out of date. Um, Mike. Uh, you mean Matt McCall, right? Matt McCall, Matt McCall won with a car that was out of date yeah. at Southern National. Yeah. Um, Dick McCaskill won at Orange County with what? 2013 car. It's still, like you said, in the boat on stuff. But when I was with Carl Long, Scott Riggs, Scott Riggs was anal. Um, Everything had to be free. Everything, you know, keep everything free turning. New stuff. So we were spending money then to run All Pro and Lake Mile Stop. Just like they yeah, are he's now. He's cheap for his kid. You got to remember that was for him. He's a Jew now. He don't do stuff like that because it's for his kid. I just want to say that on air. He and I are really good friends. And when it, when he was racing, because I remember that time, it was Katie bar the door. His kid. No, nah, we can just weld that. Just send me the clip. I'll put it on myself. But time wise, if you spend any time, and you're going to want the best, and when you go to a racetrack, you go to win. I don't care who you are. You go to win a race. So you're going to do your best to have your best game. I don't think the car is to a cost no more, especially with Jack, with his benefits he gives. Oh, for sure. With three race money, um, your two and 12 money. I mean, it's money to be got. I mean, just like Orange County with his 30,000 to win race. I mean. That's the money to be got. Of course, you're going to have some A games there, but if I had one, I'd load it up and carry it. i stand a chance to them wreck it. That's right. <laughs> right. I mean. That's 100% right. Right. I mean, you know. It, it's it, Money it, depends on how, how much you want to spend. That's right. <laughs> how much you want to end up with <laughs> depends <laughs> how much you want to spend up front. If he's one of, if he's one of them A game cars, you, don't, you can't wait for his spindle to break because it ain't going to break. No, but I, I, you know. <laughs> I just don't. I, I, think there's, I think there's so much being made about this, and I really think it's kind of a complete deflectionary process, meaning I, I, don't, I don't think it's where it is. And, and somebody's getting ready to make some money off it, and I hope they do. I hope they crush the world. Um, but. I'm just going to keep building my fabricated spindles here. <laughs> and, I mean, we ain't break any in years, so I'm just going to keep going with that, and we're going to work on the brake bracket, try to not run everybody out of business. A couple of different comments coming in. Uh, Jamie Sweeney uh, chiming in said that uh, late model racing, he sees late model racing going in the direction of Grand National. Uh, I guess talking about earlier, we were talking about, you know, how they split off and went in a different direction. He said his dad ran around short tracks, and the rich took it over, and now it's just like Xfinity. Um, he said, tell me we aren't making another Xfinity direction division. I would say he's probably partially right there. I would agree with that, too. Yeah. Um, I would kind of agree with that. David West uh, chiming in said that uh, somebody needs to call Deke McCaskill and ask him what you can run Cars Tour for and compete. It can be done, but you can't buy talent. They don't see and see that or forge it. <laughs> That's a true so. statement. I, I actually like it that is. statement. I mean, I ahead, worked Bushy. a mass tour. We had eight different winners in eight races last year, and I got three-quarters of the ones that ran with us last year. Out of all them, there's three-quarters of them are happy. I got two or three of them that complain about the guy that's been winning. Right. And and like I told him, I said, until you can reproduce his DNA and be as good as he can, you're not going to be – you know, you're going to have to right, get, get on to his work. level driving right, get to work. and work on the car to beat him. Yep. Not me in the tech shed, not Ron making his rules or whatever. You're going to have to actually outrun him. Yeah. And it just some people don't want to do that. They just rather yeah. complain about it and then, you know, go from there. Well, of course. I was talking about the old timers earlier. Um, as an old timer, you didn't go complain. You figured out what everybody else was doing 
and you tried to one up the next time you showed up at the track. Right. I mean, yeah, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Mark Martin and uh, Gary Blue in it, and uh, they were talking about different things that they did over the years and seen on each other's cars. And he's like, "Well, I didn't go tell the tech guy about yours. I just went and built one like it. You know, I seen what you were <laughs> that, doing. That's what I'm." Kilby's gone. That's where me and him got into it. I said, "Listen, <laughs> I'm cool with this sway bar. I'm just going to put mine in." Right. Well, no, you can't do that. No, no, I'm cool with it. I, I just want to slide mine in there so I can run it also. That's where we started our huge fight. I'm cool with him doing it. I just would like it myself. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what racers used to do. Now we just uh, now they just get on Facebook and Twitter and cry about what everybody else has got. I never complained. I just if I seen it, I went back and built it. Yep, worked harder. That, that's been an that's that's been an overwhelming an overwhelming statement on this show that like many of the people that we've interviewed that have done really well that's kind of been their thing right like i just work i i just work harder and more and harder again then when i want to go home i work more and those are the guys that end up being successful because they put in the time right um got a couple questions for you know you guys individually here um i'll start with you kenny um um what tell us explain when you were at nascar explain to us what your role was and uh what you learned there what my role was I how you would define it i wish we had video his face right there was we, really we got we got video that we'll put really it up he looked point. like oh, man i gotta think about how to answer this one i guess i was the technical liaison between the racetracks and nascar for that i guess Okay. What what did that, you know, for you what did that entail? What did what were you doing specifically? What when you were at the office, what were you doing? And when you were at the racetrack, what were you doing? I mean, we've already established they were all on different rules and they have been for a while. So what were you doing? I was uh, talking trying to make myself accessible to the racers. When they had problems, I wanted to listen to them. You know, if they wanted to put a two-by-four in the trunk, I kind of blowed that off. But, you know, <laughs> if you get four or five guys coming, hey, we've got an issue right here. We need to work on this. We need to do that. I made notes, right. you know. And then I would uh, then I would uh, be into engines, cars, or whatever it had be, and then I'd start calling around to, if it was a car issue, I'd start calling around to the car builders and ask them about, you know, what's this? What's going on here? How can we make this better? What 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 rule do we need? What do we don't? You yeah. came up here. I'll give you credit on yeah. that. He came up here. Lynn, I've owned this place 10 years now. Lynn has been here one time, and you've come one time. That's the only buddy from NASCAR. And we asked, I think we asked you to come, and mm-hmm. Greg and I sat here, and you came and helped us clarify a couple rules. Mm-hmm. But other than that, we've never, ever seen any kind of representation. And that's basically how... How we done? How I done the rules is just, you know. And then the officials went to talk to all the officials. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd ask, come up, to Scott. What, what would you like to see different? What, what's giving you an issue? You know. Mm-hmm. And then I'd kind of go through that and see what I could do. And that was basically it. Can all the tracks around here get together? You've dealt with all of them. You've dealt right. You, you've been the one guy right here. You've all, I guess, all four of you. But you've worked. In that role with all those tracks, do you think that there's any shot of those five or six or seven tracks or eight tracks to get together on it's anything? About thirteen. Yeah, but we're talking about the primary lane all stock track. No, I mean we're back to that same topic. It's it, it's whatever they can do to get a car next week. What? Not uh, all of them. Now let me let me say not all of them. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't take but one or two or three right. to screw the whole thing up. I don't know how to fix that. And I think if you look at it, I think the tracks that aren't doing that are the most successful ones. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, South Boston would be a great example. They are, by the rule book, I mean, you worked there last year, some, David. I mean, they are straight, you know, by the rule book, and they have the most cars. I mean, that should tell the other ones that, okay, you know, maybe we need to get on this, this page here. And it may not work out for us, you know, day one or week one or, uh, you know, month one. But eventually, that's going to work out for us. I think uh, racers forget they can choose to go to a different racetrack. Well, I mean, mo- most racers today, there's 
there are travelers there in the car store and they go to other racetracks, but most of them today, they're going to race where they're going to race. So whatever yeah. the rules are, if the racetrack says, no, you can't do this, well, okay, well, we can't do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It goes back to, Kenny, you said earlier, you just have to say no. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're not willing to because they think they're going to lose them, when in reality, they're not going to lose them. Right. They're not going anywhere. A racer who wants to race at Kingsport or Motor Mile or Langley or Southern National, they ain't going anywhere. That's where they want to race. They More may, than likely, that's they where they have their sponsors. Week. Yeah, they, right, right. But yeah. they're coming back. That's right. I mean, I, I've seen examples of that, you know, all the time. A guy leaving and going and doing something else, and then here he comes. You know? I ain't never coming back. Right. And usually a guy that says that, he is the first one to the gate to next week just to make sure they're still going to let him in. <laughs> it's the truth. I always laughed when I was promoting races. I always laughed at a guy when he told me, well, I ain't never coming back. All right, buddy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's funny. I'll see you next week. Then Thursday he calls. Hey, man, can I come back and test? Or? Usually Thursday he was there to practice. Yeah, there he you go. He was open practice. <laughs> hey, man, everything's good from last week, right? Yeah, everything's good. I mean, it's just the way it goes. Um, back to, you know, your time at NASCAR. Um, what were your biggest challenges working there that, you know, obviously getting the track still you know, be on the same level? I mean, that's it. Just that was your biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, was there anything, aside from that, at that job that you wanted to accomplish but you never got a chance to? Not – well, I wanted that – I wanted to, I wanted a class for the officials. Yeah. I was – you know, I really wanted everybody to be on the same page and, and, and uh, give them an opportunity – to learn their jobs. Did the tracks not want it, or you just didn't have time to implement it? I don't know. I don't know, uh, you know. What I'm saying is, did NASCAR snuff it out, or did the tracks were like, no, we don't have time to send Kilby to get him educated? No, I was. it was all online. I was working for all online. Hey, I was one of those that chimed in on that, did participate in that. Yeah. All the way, sir. So you did it online, mm-hmm. and your participation was nil. Mm-hmm. Well, almost. I'm not dogging it. I yeah. want to know that people, right, people, the whole th- the only thing I want to do with this is I think this can do a lot of great things. I think a lot of people don't get to talk to you guys all the time. So this can really expose some of the great things you were trying to mm-hmm. do that got snuffed, and maybe it rekindles them, maybe it does whatever, but... If you tried to implement it and it didn't go, why did it not go? The racetracks didn't care. Your opinion. The racetrack didn't care. The officials didn't care. They just wanted their 50 bucks. Uh, was- I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. I will say, I mean, Kenny promoted that. And it, it, was, it was an inner circle that everybody could participate on hmm. the officiating side. And he, he did push that and try to get some involvement. And I'm talking at, about and it was, countrywide. It was, it was sure. very limited yeah. on what. People posted and stuff. And there know. is a big call That's, for officials to be to move in. And we ain't gonna live forever, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. at a lot of local racetracks, that's one thing I'll say is we need younger people to try to move in there to, to some kind of positions to move up the ranks at the local short tracks to, to take over these positions. There's a lot to be, a lot they can learn and you know and use that in different you know aspects of life too. Track. Do, do you see very many young people? wanting to be a part of that there, there's some i know that nicholas helps with uh with cars tour and he helps lightning a, a, lot, a lot of other races and he is mm-hmm. probably one of the most eager to learn the correct way to do stuff and ask questions i wish it was a probably about 15 or 20 more right but it you know it was a, uh if scott had a problem he could ask the question and he had the whole country to answer it for him you know or help him answer it yeah yeah, yeah mm-hmm. i like it but it didn't, you know. There's just no, no one in that. There was three or four of us that correspond back and forth. And yeah, gotcha. That surprises me. That I didn't know that before today. That that surprises me. And, that really uh, does. And on, it was online training, how to take a carburetor, how to do it at home, do whatever. Uh, yeah, videos. Couldn't get nobody. So to you do did it. the videos. Some of them. Some of them. Gotcha. Some of them's already there, you know, for the upper echelons. Gotcha. I was trying to think. Of, I mean, Shane Laws got on there some, I believe. Karen Tunnel. Uh, uh, so there's a few. But You know, what's interesting about that is all people that are still involved. Right. <clears throat> all people that are still involved. 
not you know what I mean that they cared enough to invest that the time in it and they're still trudging to try to better themselves I find that intriguing um lightning um I, I guess you know one of my questions specifically for you is what's the biggest challenge for you when you go to tech uh, car store and then you go to a NASCAR track what's what's the biggest challenge between the two not being on the same page I mean tech's different the cars tour they they roll through every week mm-hmm. uh, pre-tech mm-hmm. um bodies we check stuff safety we do safety three times a year as far as major safety checks on them and then we'll pick something each week to look um and then when you go to a nascar track they're crunched for time so much that a lot of times the only check you can do is pretty much after qualifying and after the race and that's where you get into a lot of trouble because stuff that you could have caught beforehand and had it fixed which that in return pays to get out of the building and walk up and down pit road and look at stuff right um that, I mean, do you think part of that's a product of racetracks trying to have a shorter more compact day i think so that's and yeah but then you have to walk out and do visuals that's the thing you got to get out right. there and look and this incident set certain tracks last year was visuals right that was seen do you, do you see a lot of racetrack, a lot of tech people, you know, in, in your travels, any of you guys can answer this, that aren't doing that? I mean, I don't want you to call anybody out, but... I do. I do. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everybody. Gotcha. I um, use race monitor, stopwatch, video, everything, every time I go to class it is. Right. You need to know what they're doing on the track. You got to know, and I do. I walk around, I watch a back window. If I see the back window sucking in, when they come off the racetrack, they'll see me there. You know, especially when, you know, they got rammed about it first time they went to Bristol about body braces and stuff. Mm-hmm. When the year started, by the time we got to Bristol, they were, we were all on the same page on how, what, what, and everybody pretty much was there. I didn't have to say a whole lot about how it. How much stuff do you catch in pre-tech? You mentioned pre-tech. Do you catch a lot? I didn't mean that, honestly. Do you think that people... They'll bring you, you five pe- things right. that you could find wrong, and there's one of them they're going to make sure you find wrong, and hopefully they'll let you you fix that one thing and let them. You slide only away. know that because you're a racer. You played that game before, <laughs> right? Like so, <laughs> and you all have. I'm, Which I, I think all of us have yeah, been on that same side. One hundred percent. I just I always used to laugh at the pre-tech thing, right? I'm like, yeah, right. It just like gives we're rolling you, through here with the right stuff, right? It, you know it, what I mean? Yeah. Come on. It really gives you a way though not to have to get in an issue at the end of the night over something stupid. Yeah. Because you can fix yeah. that ahead of time. That's like an ambush. Something just obvious. Right. Yeah. And you just, well, I'm throwing yep. you out. For, that's just an ambush to me. Right. So if you can get that little stuff knocked out and you don't have, which cars to, we're kind of lucky on that. We tech, we don't have a protest. So it's just tech or either going to a dyno. And we are going to pull some engine parts off this year a little more i appreciate that i think that's great i mean because the dyno stuff we did on the money we just want to make sure these heads are not being took too far i mean so you guys don't allow protest has it always been the case i didn't know about like it is on every torn series yeah interesting never knew that i didn't know that either yeah very interesting um it's left in our hands the governor like it should be governed man shouldn't have to spend the money you know. And if we got a problem, it's like Dominion or any other racetrack, we fix it. Yeah, we fix right. it. Right. I, you know, when I that when that, that deal happened, it just I, the person was forewarned the last cars race of the the following season, if he showed up with it at the next race, which was Dominion, and it happened, and I came to that person that Friday, I said, you got a chance now to to make it right and go ahead and, and take it out. Elected not to do it, and after the race, I keyed the mic up on the radio. I said, that car leaves victory lane. If it's touched, the hood's touched, or anything's touched on it, by the time it gets to me in the tech shed, it's disqualified. I said, when it gets here, I don't want nobody in the tech shed but the driver and me. And I took my paint marking pen, and I marked the distributor. I marked the carburetor. I marked everything I wanted to mark. And I told them, I said, I want the carburetor. I want the air cleaner. I want the headers. I want the exhaust system. I want the motor, the clutch. I want everything. I want to sit right. I had unfolded me a 
card table and set it right there and every piece come off I put a piece of tape on it I autograph I put my initials on it and driver put his initials on it it went in the back of the car store van and it went and it was history from there we had a 604 crate that was making 513 horsepower at 6800 rpm so. that's a dandy yeah so anyhow you know I think that's, that's another issue too is, is uh the chain i think officials get themselves in trouble by not taking care of their no you got to do you you know he he gone a whole lot more than i did when i was there the chain evidence yes you got to keep you got to keep your hands on it you got to keep your hands on it right and you got to stand behind it right when we left kingsport i followed the truck back to yeah the shop and i spent the night at the motel there and went to the dino room next morning so we don't lose That's sight That's one thing of I'll it. say about, you know, the stuff, yeah, see, you, stuff that I did with the cars. The going. race may be over, but the tech inspectors are left behind with lots of work still to be done. That'll wrap up part number two for this podcast with our panel of technical inspectors. Be sure and stay logged on to race22.com for part three of this series of podcasts with our technical inspectors should be coming out very soon on race22.com. Until next time, we'll see you at the races.